the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Let me give you a quick scenario on one of the reasons that we do this show is to get you thought-provoking content to digest and consume and to think about your life. It's going to be called A Tale of Two Sisters. One lives in Northern California, one lives in Southern California. One's married to a financial guy in Northern California, one's married to a loser in Southern California who hasn't a job in five years. They've been married 20 years. They own no real estate in Southern California. In Northern California, they own some real estate. In Southern California, they've drawn off their 401ks down to nothing, in large part due to the economy and him lacking a job. He's one of those guys who's like a serial entrepreneur, except for he's like a Captain Crunch serial entrepreneur. He can't actually get anything good going. But he's one of those guys, every time you meet, he's got white pants on. You're like, dude, you can't wear white pants all year round. He looks good, but he doesn't have a job. He pedals himself. He pushes himself. They didn't get into real estate 20 years ago. Too expensive. They didn't get into real estate 15 years ago. Too expensive. They didn't get into real estate 10 years ago. Too expensive. Their experiences with stocks was they would buy the stock at an all-time high, and then it would go lower. And on paper, they've lost money. They panic. So what do you think those lives are going to be like? These were two sisters who grew up together. They played together. They loved each other. What do you think retirement's going to look like? It's not going to be pretty for the Southern California unless they hit the lottery. And you know what I think about people who play the lottery. <laughs> i got to be careful here because the word degenerate comes up. And the last time I said that, I got into trouble on radio. So I can't say it. I can think it, but I can't say it. Um, so it's a tale of two cities. And right now we're seeing Southern California home sales plunge 20% in December to the lowest pace in 11 years. Northern California, it's got some pockets of weakness. But generally speaking, San Francisco and the Bay Area is holding up pretty tight as far as inventory goes. Uh, for how long? Who knows? It's all tied towards affordability, in my opinion. It's all tied towards what I call the wife factor. I want a bigger house. I want a better school for my kids. Uh, if it's up to men, we would live in cardboard boxes in a homeless community with our families. We don't care as long as we got TV and the Super Bowl. It's Tony Mendez, Tale of Two Sisters. How often do you see that? Because I see it in my world where people don't like to talk about money, but they'll talk to me about money. And sometimes they don't know about their own spouse. And sometimes, they, you know, their, their, their family is struggling. They're like, I'm not going to give any of my money to the family or I'm going to give all my money to the family. We get that occasionally, that deep into people's lives. Um, not the whole sister, sisters, unless there's, you know, we'll find somebody else's on the title. The two-sister story that I just told is, is pretty common. Like the, it's pretty common. It is. It sounds like uh, she needs a new husband is what she needs, not a new a new house. But um, it is it is interesting to see the paths that people take yeah. and the decisions that they make. Uh, fortunately, I'm on the side where people are pretty active. Okay. Um, the same as like a realtor. A realtor is going to see more 
people buying houses than people not buying houses. So they're going to say, "Oh yeah, I see very successful people." A mortgage guy, we see a little bit of you know, we people who, we see people who want to buy, they want to engage, like you know, the Southern California sister, they want to engage, but then they fall out because either there's something in their credit or they just don't qualify or the home prices are too high. Uh, but we don't see a lot of people that aren't trying because we don't we, they don't call us. So uh, we usually see the Northern California sister. And, um, but as far as the Southern California homes, um, you know, the sales dropping, it's seasonally adjusted, which is probably the scarier part of that, that statistic. Yeah. Um, we don't watch Southern California sales that often. Right. We're seeing actually San Diego do really well because a lot of people from the Bay area are moving to San Diego. A lot of people are moving to Sacramento, um, Slight, but, slightly more affordable, areas. slightly more affordable areas and slightly more desirable areas. When you add all the factors together, the schools, the uh, the cost of uh, uh, the house and affordability and so on. And a lot of people are telecommuting nowadays, too. So uh, that's why Sacramento is the number one search for places in California. Okay. It's like 12% or something like that. But I could do San Diego. I don't see myself doing Sacramento. It's a good stepping stone for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, for example, millennials in the United States are the, the second placed city in the United States is Elk Grove. For, okay. for millennials to move. So we're seeing this as a good stepping stone. And then maybe they come back to I'm the Bay Area. I'm not completely familiar with Elk Grove. South of Sacramento. It's okay. kind of, you know, a suburb. Okay. Sounds like it's going to burn down one day in a wildfire. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I think there's an Apple outfit there with a thousand jobs. Okay. You know, so I think there's some traction growing there. Uh, it's close to the mountains. Um, in fact, the, we've had more people buy in Elk Grove in the last year that, or in the Sacramento area. That's just encompass the whole area than the last it, 10 years. Is it fair to say that in the last three months, four months, we've started to see a lot more data on real estate that it's softening and weakening? Yes. And it, it to me, it feels like the higher interest rates are sapping affordability. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's people are real estate fatigued. Maybe everyone who wants a home has a home. Yeah, I, I wouldn't read in it, into it too much because if you were in Denver, for example, or if you were in... You know what I like to call Denver. Menver. Menver. Sure. I mean, the, what's the ratio now? It's, it's like four it's, to one or something like that. If I was a single one? woman, I'd move to Denver. Yeah. And for the record, I am not a single woman. <laughs> it's the best I know. Um, but if you're in Denver, you, you might see different reports um, or, or have a different feeling about it because there are a lot of you know, affordable homes there. There's jobs and people yeah. are moving there. And in Seattle, you might have a different view I, because Seattle sales have gone down. Their home prices have gone down. Their rents have stabilized. Stop, stop. I just looked at Denver prices recently, and it's not that affordable. I was surprised. I was like, oh, it's got to be affordable. It's so far from the ocean. It's so far from big tech companies. Well, it might have that Seattle effect where... Yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there. Where, And for those people who don't know what the Seattle effect is, is Seattle was a very desirable place for a long time because you had a tech job, for example, where yeah. the starting salary was only like 15% lower than here in the Bay Area, but their home prices were 50% lower. Now those home prices are much higher and they've come back down. A lot of people bailed. One of the reports that um, we saw recently is the amount of equity people have taken out in 2018 from the sale of their property. It's it's the highest levels of any year that we've ever seen, including going back to the I last recession. Out last year. Or, I'm sorry, the last peak. Excuse me? I took some equity out last year. Well, I'm talking in the sale of their property. So we are seeing yeah. people capitalizing on the, 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 the increase in their homes, that equity that they've earned. Or, I don't know, do, do you earn it? Best day of my, is, is best day of my year last year was going to Denver and seeing Red Rocks, a concert there, and seeing Imagine Dragons. Nice. But you know, the down part was that little girl from America's Got Talent, the one who played the ukulele. Okay. She opened for Imagine Dragons. 
you know, the little girl is like, I am not so ugly. And uh, <laughs> what I learned was Imagine Dragons is a big pull for kids. Yeah. My, kid, um, my, my son loves Imagine Dragons. Plays them every day. It's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of an all ages from 8 to 80 kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, that's totally off. It'll run its course, too. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Denver was lovely to visit. So, anyway, um, we're talking, and I'm going to be in San Diego next Friday. I'm going to see lovely we, place. I'm see Weezer. Yeah. You know what San Diego is? An old means, man's right? group. It's not an old man's it's group. It's an old man's group. Oh, it's a. Ah, oh, now you're now you're pissing me off. <laughs> they have the song Africa out. Yeah, that was made 30 years ago. That's the point. I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't be so serious. Um, there was an interesting guy on Howard Stern. One of his uh employees richard christie he bought in long island a year ago and guess who just announced they're gonna put two hundred thousand jobs in long island amazon so he hit the lottery i like telling that story because sometimes you do luck into things i bought in the bay area during a kind of a housing recession and it's 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 a lottery yeah austin i think is going to do well in northern virginia and long island um, those are home runs for a lot of people that live there. But then it's cursed for some people who are, are going to watch their, you know, rents go up. They're going to watch food get more expensive, and it's it, it it depends on what side of the fence you're on. Sounds good. It's Tony Mendez. He does all my mortgages, refis, everything. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Sometimes I talk about what you should be doing in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s. Sometimes I talk about the retirement years. I really want to get you to retirement. That's the goal. Um, and then we can start figuring it out from there, so to speak. How much is your magic number? It, I wish I could tell everyone, you know, that we're all the same, but we're not. Um, I spend a little bit more than I want to. I, you know, I, I admit that. So, and that's something I'm good with. So my budget's going to be different than yours. And my final goals are going to be different than yours. But I didn't really start getting serious about investing. I didn't really start getting serious about retirement, probably until my 40s. But in my 30s, I knew it was kind of something to think about. Again, for me, I saw my dad work till the day he died. So my motivation has really turned from like making you all the money in the world with tech stocks. to, And I, I don't mind doing that. I'll do a tech stock show anytime you want me to. But you got to tell me what you want. So in your 30s, you want to, you know, it's different than your 20s. Like I said, you know, in your 20s, you got to have some fun. And you're kind of learning. But in your 30s, you want to pay off all your non-mortgage debt. Um, you want to get started, you know, that, that albatross of student debt. It should be gone in your early 30s, if not sooner. Um, I know, I know, I my last student debt payment was uh, early 30s, right? So I'm practicing what I'm preaching here. Uh, if you pay off all your non-mortgage debt, it sets you up for other things, you know, in life. So instead of sending money to your student, like for instance, there's there's the dumbest piece of advice, but I've heard it so many times. Uh, so when you're done paying off your student's debt, just send what you were paying on your student debt to a savings account. Okay, yeah, you could do that. Nothing frees up cash like paying off debt. And cash flow is kind of going to be important a little later in life. Um, 
think you kind of want to kick the debt cycle altogether. There was a point in time where I think, yes, I want to say I bought a, a stereo system that I financed. There was a company called Circuit City. And I'm like, I'm 22, 23. I'm like, I want a stereo. Like, I want to kick in stereo. And, uh, you know, they're more than glad to sell you $1,000 to a kid who could barely afford to, you know, scratch his butt. Um, so you get into these dumb little things. I think you want to start thinking about retirement in your 30s. Your 20s, time to start thinking about investing. Your 30s, time to start thinking about retirement. Just get it in your head. Have some goals, have a budget, have a number. You need to figure out, you know, times now, now you only have 30 years. And the example that I like to use, because it's the easiest one, is if you make $100,000 a year, you're going to make $4 million in your life if you work for 40 years. So can you live off, well, can you live off 4 million? Oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Just because you make 4 million doesn't mean you saved 4 million, right? Um, out of that 4 million, let's say 30% went into housing costs, maybe up to 50%. So take that 4 million and cut it down to, you know, two and a half to 3 million of what you're going to earn in a lifetime. And then you, you know, slash the, the food, slash the, the vacation, slash the car payments, slash the house payments. And the house payment, the nice thing is you are paying yourself rent. So in your 30s, you want to start diversifying some of your investments. You don't just want to say, I'm going to just do the 401k. You want to see, you know, um, you kind of want to balance your portfolio. You kind of want to get some different assets going. But with your stocks, you know, you want, you decide, do you want 50% large cap, 20% mid, 20% small, 10% international? Do you want 30% large, 30%, like, are you going for more growth? You would want to probably skew towards international and small. But I'm not going to tell you how to do that right here, right now. We'll do that another show. In your 30s, do something cool. Like, do you remember when you were a kid and you got Highlights Magazine? It was awesome. Some aunt of yours would always buy you highlights and send it, you know, you get like a year subscription. Right? Um, you were learning. And as a kid, your parents would said, read books, read books, read books, because they want you to continue to learn. In your 30s, I want you to read a financial book. So, or maybe a newspaper like Barron's. Or get a subscription to, I don't even know, Money Magazine, The Economist. Just start reading a little bit more. Continue to learn. You want to have a good foundation in your 30s, and that means start protecting some of your assets. I'll be honest with you, I did not have life insurance in my 20s. In my 30s, I started to get some life insurance, and I only went with term life. I didn't go with whole life. I didn't go with variable life. Um, in my 20s, the first place I rented, you know, they probably said, you have to have renter's insurance. So I got renter's insurance. But then as you get older, you're starting to get disability insurance and health insurance and homeowner's insurance. Um, so I protect my assets. My home is something I have insurance on just in case it burns down. My health is something I have insurance on just in case I get, you know, trip and smack my brain. You know, do you see where it goes? Interesting. Live simply. Your 20s were, too, I'm not going to say were your times to be arrested, but maybe 
Um, but it, when you start making some smaller sacrifices in your 30s on maybe your budget, um, my neighbor has a BMW and he polishes it outside. It's like a bad commercial. I'm living in a bad commercial. My neighbor has a BMW and he's polishing it. And I, no, I don't want a BMW. But a lot of people do. Um, and that's where you get into trouble because you make purchases you don't need. And then you also sometimes will, you know, add slow down your, your investment cycle because you're putting it into a car. In your 30s, do something very, very mature and get a well. Uh, even if you write something down on a napkin and sign it, I'm better with that because it's not that you have a will. It's just starting to think about this. People die. If you have children, you want to designate a guardian for them. Um... I can't tell you how many people die without wills, like Prince, right? How could that happen? I think Aretha Franklin, but she might be alive. Um, but a lot of people die without wills, and it's 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 saddening, but crazy. Kurt Cobain didn't have a lot, a lot of financial planning done, right? So you just kind of want to start thinking about death and thinking about what assets you have and who they should go to. In your 30s, you want to get term life insurance. Um, it's really, really affordable. You can get you know, 20-year term life policy for $500,000 for $250 a year. Um, there's a very good chance you're not going to die in the next 20 years in your 30s, so you're not going to die before you're 50, but your financial obligations are probably going to be at their highest. Term life, the only life insurance I get. I'm more and more charitable. I wish I would have been more charitable at, uh, at a younger age. I, I, I hate networking. I wish I would have networked at a younger age. But being charitable is a good thing to do. It just, again, shows you volunteering your time for causes you believe in. Um, you can be a little cash-strapped, so you don't have to throw money in that direction. You can throw time, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, that's what you do in your 30s. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. August. That's all I can tell you is August. <laughs> um, it's turning in to be a frustrating month again. August and September can be very low uh, volatile months that are cruising along, and then bam, next thing you know, where did that low volatility go? And now we seem to be focusing in on potentially five rate cuts in the next two years. What do you think about that? It's an interesting question, I think. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's an interesting question. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show, as always. Um, five rate cuts in the next two years. That's really kind of trying to tell us something, I think. And 
I don't want you to get too caught up in it, first and foremost. But it's still worthy of note that we've seen a sudden pullback in spending amongst the wealthy. We've seen a inverted yield curve once or twice now. We've seen the 10-year treasury and the 30-year treasury move their yields lower, which basically means there's a lot of buying in them. It's kind of counterintuitive, at least it is for me to say on air. We've seen gold perk up a little bit. Not a lot. Not as much as you would imagine. But between the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, small caps, small caps, the Russell 2000 should be acting healthier than it is. And, and it makes me go, what up, Russell 2000? <laughs> why, why are you not? You're not? You don't have international exposure. You don't have the global slowdown thing going. But maybe it's telling us there's a recession that's going to hit the Russell 2000 and that people are going to lose their jobs and stop spending domestically. Changing topics ever so slightly back to the wealthy. Sudden pullback in spending amongst the wealthy could cascade down to the rest of the economy and create a further drag on growth. High-end real estate is having its worst year since the financial crisis. Sadly, I own some high-end real estate, even though I don't think most people would refer to it as high-end real estate. I I own a piece of property on the peninsula. It doesn't feel luxury. The fact that I have to battle rats uh, that are in the creek and battle a fence that's dilapidated because a neighbor died in his house after 10 years and saw the guy like six times doesn't feel like high-end real estate, right? It doesn't feel like luxury. Luxury retailers are struggling while discounters like Walmart and Target are thriving. (laughs) That's easy for me to say. There's a big Pebble Beach massive car auction. And the most expensive cars faltered. Now, there was I read a story that maybe the auctioneer had a really thick Asian accent. And people thought he was saying $70 million instead of $7 million. That doesn't sound right. But when the rich cut on their spending on jewelry, when they cut on their expenses on cars, classic art, it does trickle down. So that's out there. Are you in the camp that you feel a recession is coming? Are you sowing the seeds of discontent? Sowing the seeds? Sowing the seeds of... No, there's not a song in there, is there? Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Peloton is going to be coming public. Now, if it comes public right during a recession, I would imagine they'll pull the IPO. Now you're saying, wait, 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 Rob, why are you talking about a recession? Give us the benefit of the doubt. It's going to happen at some point. And it may not be the inverted yield curve, which is the kicker. It may not be the rich spending less on luxury goods, which is the kicker. But they start to add up as signs that, what's going on? I once had a girlfriend uh, in college basically cheat on me. And I knew that something was wrong because she cut my hair. And uh, she was out of town Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And she comes back Sunday night, and I go to see her. And she's cutting my hair, she's cutting my hair, she's cutting my hair. And she's, you know, I'm like, what happened this weekend? I'm like, what? Did you cheat on me? I'm like, she's cutting my hair. She's cutting, and she's like, no, 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 no. She's cutting my hair. She's cutting my hair. She's cutting my hair. 
and I keep asking the question. And she finally broke down in tears and goes, how did you know? And I said, because you're touching my head differently. She was being incredibly loving and sweet with the way she was cutting my hair. Eventually, you're going to see that a recession is not the worst thing in the world. It's not like a girlfriend cheating on you. But the market does feel a little bit dicier. When I told you, I said earlier in the segment, the market is counting on five rate cuts. The dividend on the 30-year Treasury bond is lower than the S&P 500 dividend yield. That doesn't typically happen. So a lot of money is going into Treasuries. And that's basically, I'm not going to call it Chicken Little, but what do you do when you think a recession's coming? You get a little, you get a little bit chickeny. The German 10-year Bund had a record low of negative 73 basis points. You lose, you lose money by putting it by putting your German uh, money in the German banks. You lose. The value goes down. You're expecting it to go down worse if you put it somewhere else. Whoa. Right? UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who, honestly, him and Trump looked like they were made for each other. They could do a roadshow movie. They both have crazy hair and odd coloring. So Boris Johnson, I almost said Boris Yeltsin. Oh boy, oh boy, would that have been a mistake. He's asked the Queen for a suspension of Parliament until mid-October. Like, why do you want to suspend Parliament? Isn't that like, isn't there movies about how great your Parliament is until terrorists come along and blow up the Parliament building and then they blow up big, oh, that's that's London has fallen on that I'm thinking about. But their Parliament's considered solid bastion of legal and democracy, right? And he's just trying to get it difficult for Brexit opponents to block a new deal at Brexit by October 31st. I don't see the Queen going along with that. She's old, first and foremost. I'd love to see her wearing shorts. I don't know why that thought just popped in my head, but to see the Queen of England wearing shorts would be all that in a bucket of chicken. Did you hear Kentucky Fried Chicken sold out of their plant-based chicken? I can't even make this up anymore. Autodesk is a lower. Autodesk is one of those really cool companies that lets companies design semiconductors and electronics without actually taking a saw out and cutting up silicon. And I once heard someone refer to silicon as silicone, and it still makes me laugh. So it's one of those companies that lets you design everything electronically and then hit print, and you can send it off to Taiwan, and someone will make it for you. And you could like say, well, let's try it with a circuit on the bottom instead of the top and see if that's more efficient. Tiffany and Company, another stock. They're lower. Some disappointing same-store sales for the quarter. I think that goes kind of hand-in-hand, if you're with me or against me, with the rich not shopping for luxury goods quite as much as they were. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Uh, so Peloton files what could be a huge IPO, and I think I should talk about this a little bit. In large part, eh, I think it's something we're going to want to be care- careful on. It's a vertically integrated company. 
and they're still trying to establish themselves as more than a expensive bike. It's kind of cool because it has a subscription model where you get music and classes and you get to hang out with groups of other people. I know you're saying, who wants to hang out with groups of other people while you're cycling? Well, apparently someone does. Peloton Interactive, the streaming fitness firm, as they are known, is in the news. I They're considered to be a product for rich people. It's interesting to note that Howard Stern recently has been talking about getting his Peloton because he's getting older and can't run. Our society is getting older, and it's tough on the joints, right? So maybe there's something to be said about that. But there's also something to be said about it is for the rich people. The company has a kind of a BS prospectus on their IPO where they refer to themselves. We are a tech, media, software, product, experience, fitness, design, retail, apparel, logistics company. Uh, why do all companies have to like be more than what they really are? They've got 1.4 million total members who've completed 58 million workouts. A friend of mine posts pictures of himself on Facebook going, oh, I just did the 12-mile bike. I'm like, no one cares. The company has sold 577,000 bikes and treadmills combined. 564,000 of those are in the U.S. A connected fitness product is kind of cool. Got to admit, uh, having the internet connected to our gym features in our home but I don't want one something to be said still for going to the gym but I don't know I don't want one of those in my house something tells me a lot of yard sales selling pelotons down the road I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more don't forget there's another hour of today's show to listen to find it now at kdow.biz or on the kdow radio app I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Well, color me pickled. I don't know what that means, but the Queen has agreed to Boris Johnson's request to shut down Parliament to force a through a no-deal Brexit. I don't know British politics well, because I would have thought that that seemed like outside of her purview. Like, let the boys be boys. I'm a queen kind of thing, but nope. Interesting to see, though. Um, taking a look at how the markets responded to that news, it just happened. But it looks like the markets went more positive. I've heard many people, some of them I consider friends, talk ignorantly about various aspects of the economy. One of them is Brexit. And how much of a problem that would be for corporations to do business when a lot of laws were relaxed to allow inter-country uh, um, to do business with each other. So that's out there. Citibank raised their minimum wage to $15 an hour. That seems odd. Now, I know there's a lot of tellers and a lot of low-level, entry-level positions. But when you're talking about McDonald's and fast food doing $15, you kind of thought, oh, Citibank would be like 16 or 17, right? Home buyers are predicting a recession, ladies and gentlemen. 
Are they predicting a recession? Home buyers expect the next recession to hit by 2022. About 75% of active home buyers said they expect the recession to begin by 2022. 36% think it'll begin next year. So if you want to get peak dollar, in theory, you may want to do it now. No chance I could predict peak dollar. But if we do go into a recession the next year or two years, it may last two to three years. 2006, 2008 was a tough time for real estate in the Bay Area. 2000, 2002 was a tough time. So it's not unheard of that we could be in a problem for that period of time. But if, again, if you make a large part of your money from selling homes, you may want to you know, think twice about your budgets and your emergency reserve. You know, the 50% of home shoppers reveal they think more favorable about home ownership after the 2008 recession. So a lot of people like to wait. And I do get it. That's probably the most question, question that I get. Do I think we're in a recession? When do I think a recession is going to start? What's the recession going to look like? Hmm. Popeye sold out of their chicken sandwich, telling me that this was a marketing stunt. Are you with me against me? The guy who founded Airbnb in 2008 to help pay rent on his San Francisco apartment. He's worth $4.2 billion. And he's a little bit of a partier. 37-year-old billionaire has rented out his own San Francisco apartment on Airbnb. He does weekly yoga with his girlfriend and has attended Burning Man. So he, too, is going to give away at least half of his fortune. Um, it's all good to me. Like, there's not much I could say as far as Airbnb, but it's going to be a, probably a hot and sexy IPO next year is the thought. That's kind of where I was trying to go at with this. So one of the part of our economy that's starting to do better, millennials. Now, millennials we know are saddled with a lot of college debt. Millennials are easy to poke fun of. They moved back home and became boomerangs, becoming a financial drag on their parents again. They're putting off marriage because they have college debt. I don't know. I'm not a woman. But if I were a woman, would I look at a, a potential mate as having a, a one with a better job is better than one with no job? And vice versa? There used to be a day when men would look at women and say, I want a good wife who will be a great mother. Now it's like, does she make six figures so we can buy a house together? But millennials are starting to snap out of it. They're having babies. They're getting homes. But now listen to this. Almost six out of ten millennials say they've been rejected when applying for credit cards, mortgages, car loans, and other financial products. Millennials age 23 to 38 are experiencing higher denial rates than any other generation on credit. Not sure why we're playing the love boat, but (laughs) I've moved on. Millennials report being rejected more often. The credit scores are not that much different, though. Having a good credit score is important, especially in your 20s and 30s. I see people freak out about their credit reports, and I don't see people freak out about dropping... You know, 60 bucks on a bar tab. I'm more freaked out about a $60 bar tab than I am about 
a credit score. I know you're saying, that's a little bit of a stretch, Rob. A little bit. Twitch is in the news. Twitch is one of those... Oh, and for the record, Disney Plus is offering a discount right now if you sign up for two or three years. Holy mackerel. There's a lot of demand for Disney Plus. It's going to be a fun November when Disney Plus, Apple, and Google, and YouTube TV, and all these companies are duking it out. Oh, did I mention Netflix? But Twitch has made cuts to its program in which the company pays esports teams to stream on the Amazon-owned video platform. Now, I'm not terribly in on this. I don't stream video games. I don't watch people streaming video games. I get it. But the payment reductions are pushing more teams to post clips of their Twitch live streams to YouTube in order to make up for at least some of the lost revenue. So the algorithms are still being tinkered with on influencers and video gamers. I've heard some people say, it's it's like they've taken away my, my ability to breathe. Yes, security firm ADT has been on a tear in-house as much as it can from agencies over the last 12 months. Um, So they're a company who's obviously exposed on um, little regulation shutdown of advertising. Big, big, big advertiser. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.